As we also move today into our, uh, what, 11th week of Believe series, what we're looking at today is worship. And normally when we think of worship, we, we think of Sunday morning, which is good, and worshiping with others because corporate worship is important. And we're reminded of it in Hebrews 10, 25, which says some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know the Lord's day is coming closer and closer. So what it's saying in Hebrews is the meeting together in worship is, is so important. And, and worship takes all kinds of, of different forms. I'd like you to watch this video here of, uh, of worship. Worship. Everybody worships. Everyone, everywhere worships something. Whatever captivates the heart's affections, the mind's attention, and the soul's ambition essentially has our worship. We worship everything from pop icons to our jobs to our favorite sports team. While the object and method of worship vary, the act of worship does not. Oftentimes, our worship is focused on ourselves. The pursuit of fame, wealth, and personal satisfaction becomes the focus of our wants and desires. But no matter how much we worship these things, they can never satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. God has uniquely designed us with meaning and purpose. He's divinely created us in his own image. When we worship the created and not the creator, we are left unfulfilled and unsatisfied. We deny God the worship that is rightfully his. When we step into a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, our relationship with God should become elevated above every other ambition, every other affection, and every other activity. It should change everything we do. It begins to change the words we say, the decisions we make, the way we view our circumstances and see the people around us. It changes our goals, desires, and pursuits. Instead of searching for meaning and purpose in our life, it becomes the meaning and purpose of our life. Worshiping God is not limited to singing a song on Sunday morning. It's a lifestyle lived out in reverence to God wherever he has placed you. There is no sacred and secular divide. Worship involves all of our lives, not just one part. Not just one part. That means we worship as we work, as we parent, as we go to school, as we gather around the table, as we suffer, as we compete, as we love, as we seek, as we create. All that we believe, think, say, and do should flow from our beating heart of worship. So what is worship? It's the outpouring of our lives, led by the Spirit and rooted in God's truth, devoting all we are and all we do to Him, our Creator. It's ascribing worthiness to the one who alone is worthy.
I look at how my likes and appreciations of worship have changed over the year. You know, I was raised in a traditional Baptist church of hymns and piano and organ and choir. Then off to college, more contemporary praise and worship music. I was raised in the college years with musicals like Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar. As I moved into ministry, there came church camp and youth conventions and big stuff and introduction of praise bands. And if you look at the evolution of worship, even in this church, you know, our Easter cantatas have become a mix of traditional and newer songs. And now I enjoy all of it, from the hymns in the first service to the praise band in the second service. And it's almost like worship has gone through stages for me. And where it's different with different folks and liking different styles. You see, worship even varies here at Mount Pisgah, where you have a very traditional service at 9 a.m. With the, with the choir singing and solos, and, and we have the, have the instrumental music from piano and organ. And it speaks to nearly 250 people a Sunday that attend this service. Yet over 15 years ago, we started an 11 o'clock contemporary service with the praise band and their people, over 300 that regularly attend that one and love the drum, guitar, and the keyboard. See, we worship together on Sunday morning, and whether it be at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock, it's important because we are called to come together and to be worshipers of Jesus Christ. We are commanded, as you hear in that Hebrews 10 passage, commanded to worship in the Bible. We were created to worship. God's sacrifice of Jesus Christ enables us to worship, and the Holy Spirit aids us in that worship. Worship is of God and and should be the very nature of the Christian. It should be in our DNA like the video talked about. And I believe it's hard to say you're a Christian. Hear me. It's hard to say you're a Christian if you can't even attend a worship service once a week. Because gathering together for worship as a family of God in church is what God wants for his people. And I believe as if you go to the Sunday school lesson today, there are several things that are important in the church, elements that are involved in worship, and you can just see it by looking at the order of worship in our program, in our bulletin where the elements involved in worship as a family of God on Sunday mornings include prayers offered up and directed to God, songs sung to the glory of God, as Ephesians 5.19 says, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music to the Lord in your giving thanks always for everything to God. In the name of the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So you got prayers, you have songs in the morning. You have also an offering taken up. And the, and the tithe and the offering can be a great way to worship. Especially when the giving is sacrificial and cheerful on the part of the worshiper. And then you have scripture. Scripture is an, is an integral part of, of, of worship. 
where it's not only read by the deacon of the day, but it's the source of the preaching. And it moves into the Sunday school and is the source of the teaching where the Word of God, the Bible, is central to everything we do in worship. And it also includes baptism and communion where we commemorate the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, doing these ordinances as we were commanded from the beginning of the church's establishment. So what are people missing who, who don't come to worship? And what about those people that do come to worship and aren't changed? How can that happen? Well, I think there is a misconception by some people. First of all, they believe that God exists for them. They think if, if we live the right kind of life, do the right things, say the right prayers, if we do that, then God has to do whatever we ask of him. It's kind of like they treat God like a genie in the bottle. And they'll, they'll rub him with worship and prayer and then give God a request and expect it to happen. Where they reduce God to kind of a cosmic Coke machine where you insert the right prayer, do the right thing, and then you get your request. And they come to worship with hearts like that. When the truth is, God doesn't exist to make our life better. We exist to glorify Him. Did you hear that? God doesn't exist to make our life better. We exist to glorify Him. And the way we glorify Him is in worship. See, worship should be not just what we do. Worship of God should be who we are. Where worship comes from the depth of our heart. And it doesn't stop at nine, after the 9 o'clock or the 11 o'clock service on Sunday morning. Worship is a seven-day-a-week thing. See, true worship creates a desire in us, a desire to, to know Him intimately, to know Him passionately. Worship is connecting our heart and our soul to God. And we come to God in worship in, in different situations. You know, each one of us sitting in here this morning have, have different events and things going on in their life. Where I'm sitting here talking about thankfulness of two new grandbabies coming and, and Donna's talking about her mother and going through her, her heart issues and breathing and, and we lift up in prayer the people that, that we know. So we come to worship sometimes with our lives feeling extremely blessed. We're... We have such grateful hearts for all God's doing in our life. Maybe you've showed up this morning and your life is just kind of bland. It's kind of, oh well, this is something I need to do today. And, and, and you, you just come and pull out, pour out those doldrums of your heart to God. And it may be you're here this morning and you've got an extremely difficult season of life you're going through. Maybe you've lost a loved one to death or, or a breakup or a divorce. It may be you've got a bad medical report or some 
some health crisis in your life. It may be you have a financial hardship going on where your bills are overcoming you and, and you've lost your job. And worship is a time for you to pour out your heart to God. See, David tells us that. He said, Lord, you are my refuge, my portion, my safe place. In Psalms 142, verse 20, or verse 5. And just like the writer of Lamentations said in chapter 3, Yet this I call to mind. Therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. See, the writer of Lamentations is recalling God's faithfulness. And that's the way we should be when we come to worship. I think in worship is a time for us to look back and remember. Look back and remember what God has brought us through. Worship is a time to think back when God forgave you and lifted those sins off your back. To remember when God answered a prayer for you. A prayer that there was no way that anybody could confuse the answer of that prayer with anything other than a miracle of God. And remember how God may have restored a relationship that was damaged and changed hearts in that relationship in no way that it would have happened without God. Or maybe that you remember a verse of a, of a Bible, a Bible verse that you have read hundreds of times and then all of a sudden... You read it again and it's speaking to you as you go through that life event. And it seemed like it was written just for you. Or you come to church on Sunday morning to worship and the message speaks directly to you and it seems like you're the only person sitting in this sanctuary and that word is going right to you. See, we need to think back to remember when Jesus became real to us when you first realized that he was active and working in your life and that you were a new creation created by Jesus Christ and you were looking for God's plan. See, I remember how God's hand was working in my life. Uh, God sent me Karen. It's, it's amazing and gave me a godly marriage. And, and Karen marrying me was a miracle in itself. And God blessed me also with three wonderful children and then allowed my three children to marry Christian spouses from godly families and then blessed me with four wonderful grandchildren and two more on the way. And see, worship enables me to look back and see how active God has been in my life and how God's hands have been on decisions See, worship enables us to remember God's faithfulness in the past, even in the past of this church. See, what we see here is a church that's had growth. We've seen numerical growth in attendance, and wonderful new people have been brought into our family. We've seen spiritual growth that the church has experienced through Sunday school series and Bible studies and church camps and mission trips and big stuff and retreats. We've seen building expansions. 
with this building just being built in 2007. And see, worship enables us to look back at how faithful God has been in the past. And when you remember in worship that there have been times that things have happened. And think about this. Things happen in our life not because God did what we wanted him to. Did you hear me? Things happen in our life not because God did what we wanted him to, but because God did what he, God, wanted to do. And there are times God is faithful enough not to give us what we asked for, but gave us what we needed. Maybe that job ended. You got fired. Didn't get the promotion. A bid on a house wasn't accepted. A dating relationship ended. You got rejected by that college you wanted to go to. But remember the faithfulness of God as you come and worship. That yes, it may have seemed like your life was falling apart, but, but in worship, where you pour your heart out to Him, tell Him you don't understand why these things are happening to you. But I think as you go down the road and look back, you'll see how God was working in your life. And that's what worship does. Yeah, you may be in a nightmare right now. It may be something catastrophic in your mind has happened to you, but you will discover that that may be the best thing to happen. And God... God didn't give you what you asked for at the time, but his faithfulness, he did give you what you need. And that's why we're told in worship to cry out to God, tell him you're hurt, pour out your complaints, tell it to God that it doesn't make sense. But as you do, look back on the faithfulness of God as you cry out to him in a time of worship. Worship is also a time to pour out your heart and trust God's power for your future. David says, but, as, but you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. He will respond to prayer of the destitute and will not despise their pleas. In Psalm 102, what we see here, David is saying that, that if you can push through the trials, the trouble, and and pain, what's on the other side is praise. So as we go through these struggles and, and we come to worship, we should know that, that the pain will point us towards praise. Because through the pain, through the loss, the medical issues, the financial loss, whatever it is you need God's help with in your life, you will eventually reach a point of praise. So pour out your heart to God in worship and, and know that God is good. Know that God can handle it. Remember his goodness and he can be trusted. That's what David says in Psalm 62, 8. Trust in the Lord at all times, you people. Pour out your heart to him for God is our refuge. And what is a refuge? Another translation said God is our safe place. See, worship ought to be a safe place. Now let me ask you, don't you have places that you felt safe when you were growing up? May have been hiding under the bed or in a closet 
maybe wrapped up in your favorite blanket, maybe jumping into bed with your mom and dad. And even as adults, don't we have places that we see as safe? Maybe the house we grew up in. Maybe the safe places that person that you need around you, your husband or your wife. That when you're facing a difficult situation, that place or that person is who you turn to for refuge. And in the same way, God should be our refuge. And worship should be a safe place. See, we need to be people that understand that much like us parents that have kids in our life, aren't we honored and don't we feel good when our kids come to us for advice? And in much the same way, God likes for his children to to need him and to talk to him. And that's what worship is. Worship is the believer surrendering to God's will for their life. So worship on Sunday morning should be an essential part of a Christian's week where they gather together with other believers for encouragement and support and they're praying and they're singing songs or giving an offering and they're hearing the Bible read and taught and preached and they're sharing in baptism and communion. We never should underestimate the importance of weekly worship with other Christians. But also remember, as I said earlier, worship doesn't stop there. It needs to be continual. It needs to be Monday through Saturday where you have a daily Bible study, where you have a daily devotional time. A time where you listen to Christian songs or Christian speakers as you exercise or drive to work or, or as you attend all the different weekly Bible studies we offer here at the church. Worship should be continual. And your worship of God should be never ceasing. So thank God for how he has been active in your past. And also look forward to how God is going to be working and directing your future as you worship him. Let us pray. Lord, sometimes we take you for granted. Sometimes we get so caught up in the world and Actually, our lives begin worshiping other things, like the video says, like our, ourselves or our career or our families or our sports team or whatever it is we place above you. Help worship to be a time where we are able to come back, come back and to understand that it's all about you and understand that you're here for us. Let us remember the past and all you did for us in our worship, but also looking with expectation towards the future you have for us when we worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.